You're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM. And for this week's monster, I really struggled to find a pun that would actually work. You know, it's like a giant aberrant lobster thing. And I just couldn't come up with anything. And I think at the end of the day, you're just going to have to be chul with it. You can find the Chul on page 40 of the 5th edition Monster Manual, and it is a big kind of yellow lobster abomination with a mouthful of tentacles and these like hard chitinous plates and a pair of big grabby pincers. As a monster, it is a CR4 aberration. Uh, it's got a swim speed of about 30 feet. It's got five intelligence, training and perception. It has uh, the amphibious trait, so it can breathe both air and water. It has the ability to sense magic, so it can sense it within 120 feet like the detect magic spell. And then for its actions, it's got multi-attack. It has two pincers that can grab, and then those tentacles have a paralysis effect. Boy, where have we heard that before? So yeah, that's the Jewel, a monster with a shockingly short history in D&D, which I was surprised to discover, and you're about to be surprised to discover when we talk about history next. I'm not sure what it is about the Chul that I expected it to originate back in first or second edition, but no, they first appeared in third edition, 3.5 actually. I think there's just something about them that feels like a weird old Gygaxian monster. It has a strange name that makes no sense. It's definitely something you would expect to find in like a cool flooded dungeon from one of the early modules, but no, they are a more recent monster. So kudos to whoever designed the Chul. It really gets that classic dungeon crawler feel. In that edition, in 3.5, they're described as being a horrible mix of lobster, insect, and serpent. Now, looking at the picture, I can definitely understand the lobster and the, and I guess the insect, but I don't really see what kind of spooky snakes they're talking about because no snakes, no serpents look like this. Mechanically, though, it's pretty much the same in 3rd edition as it is now. It's got two claw attacks that can grapple, and then once it has you grappled, it transfers you over to the tentacles, which paralyze you. The only really big difference is that in 3.5, they had 10 intelligence and spoke common, which I think is kind of weird to imagine. Them understanding common, okay, but them speaking it, but with that horrible spaghetti of tentacles for a mouth, hard, hard to see how that would function. In 4th edition, though, that intelligence drops back down to 4, and they essentially just become monsters. The monster manual doesn't say much about them, but there is a dungeon article that was published sometime later called Ecology of the Jewel that goes into it a little bit more. They talk about how they hate humanoids for some reason, and they want to eat them. That as they grow, though, they kind of start to develop psychic powers, which is represented in some of the mechanics. There's a Chul Juggernaut in 4th edition that has like a psychic lure power, which I think is actually kind of cool. But that's about it in terms of flavor. 5e, though, kind of goes in and rewrites the whole history and adds a new lore, which I actually really dig. And it's something we're going to talk about in just a second when we talk about the things that we really like about the 5th edition Chul. (laughs) 
So I gotta say, I think this Chew lore is pretty neat. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, the conceit here is that these were creatures that were made by aboleths in the sort of like pre-god era when aboleths ruled the material plane. So they're, they're kind of like um, retrievers or drones that are sent out to collect humans that can be converted into, you know, uh, thralls to the aboleth or to find magic items. Um, so there are these almost like, vaguely automaton-like creatures, these big horrible lobsters that are you know, described as being perfectly obedient and they collected sentient creatures and magic items. So it explains why they have grabbing, why they have paralysis, and why they have this magic sense. The whole concept of the magic sense thing is is new to 5th edition. I haven't found it in any previous version of the Chul, and I think it's really cool. I think it does a really nice job of giving the Chul, like, an objective that isn't just eating humanoids, which is what they seem to think they should do in 4th edition. I always like to have my monsters have an ulterior motive when they're fighting the characters. It isn't just about killing them. It might be about driving them away from their territory or taking something from them or competing with them for something. I think the jewel feels like it fits into uh, the ecology. One limitation is that you have to find some way to connect them to aboleths. They, the book makes the point that now that the aboleth empire has crumbled, there's sometimes there's kind of jewels wandering around, like still fulfilling these purposes kind of for no reason, right? They're capturing people and bringing them to old aboleth ruins or they're seeking out magic items. So you would have to kind of bring that element in, but it wouldn't be too hard, I don't think, to stretch it. There's one really cool note at the very end of their lore where they talk about how if a jewel comes within a certain distance of an aboleth, it's like programming immediately like... Like, reactivates and it goes and serves that uh, aboleth. So you could definitely see an aboleth with a bunch of chul servitors that it has collected over the eons as it's getting prepared to like, you know, wreak its revenge on gods or mortals or whatever. I like it when monsters have connections to each other like this. It, it makes some pairings much more obvious than others. And I think that's all to the good. My second thing is that I think of all the different iterations of the Chul, the 5th edition one handles the kind of intelligence question better. I think 3rd edition saying that they have 10 intelligence and can speak common is a little strange, just considering how weird and alien they appear to be. But I also think 4th edition saying they have 4 intelligence and they're just beasts also is kind of leaving something on the table. I think 5 intelligence is good because it almost implies they have like a little bit of problem solving, but they don't really have much of their own personality. It does kind of beg the question of like if a chul is left alone for long enough, right? Like what does it think about itself? Could you tame a chul? Could you reason with a chul? It's got 5 intelligence. It understands deep speech, but it can't speak itself. And I kind of think that that's right. I like that they're on that kind of raggedy line. Unlike the Chimera, who I felt like didn't really belong on that line, I think the Chul really does as a monster that you just kind of can't grapple with it. It feels like a xenomorph or something where it's not unintelligent, but it's definitely alien in a way that you're just never going to see eye to eye with. That's kind of the vibe I get from the Chul. And I hinted at this a little bit for my third one, but I just really think sense magic is neat. It gives them that ulterior motive. A lot like the carrion crawler, right? Giving the chul something to go after and some reason to interact with the party that isn't just about killing them. I can see a lot of adventure hooks about how a chul might want an item the party has or is after or might be in possession of an item that they want, right? There's a lot you can do with this idea of the chul hunting down magic items. And I kind of wish they would bake that into the mechanics a little bit more. But I think this is a really, really cool direction to take the monster. So I'm all in favor of that. Great, like I say, I think the Chul's a pretty cool monster. There's a lot to recommend it, but next we're gonna talk about what kinds of changes we would make if we were given an option to remake the Chul.
Now, you know what I'm going to say. I actually don't think in this case that the Chul is that boring to run. I think my main complaint about them mechanically is that they are a little bit too similar to the Carrion Crawler. Right, they've got a multi-attack where it's one kind of a physical attack, in this case a pincer rather than a bite, and then they have the paralytic tentacles. I think that we could go a little further, especially if we're going to kind of rewrite the background to make the paralysis be a little bit more unique. The sense magic thing is cool, that's definitely unique to the Chul, but mechanically they really just kind of fight like a carrion crawler of plus two CR, right? There's not a, a lot else going on here in a fight that really matters that much. The pincers are a little better because they've got the multi-attack thing, but it just kind of feels like a carrion crawler, you know, plus plus. So I think particularly the tentacles is where I would want to mess around. I'm not sure exactly how I would fix that. Some other effect the tentacles have. But I do like the paralysis because it plays into this idea that used to abduct people, right? So so both of those two things like are kind of married conceptually and mechanically, and I, you always hate to lose that, but it just feels so similar to the carrion crawler, and that's much more the carrion crawler's thing. It's an older monster has been around for longer. I don't think the jewel is as wedded to paralytic tentacles. I'm not sure quite what the solution is there. Next, uh, I would get a little bit picky, and I would say that this, I think the sense magic ability is a little bit too short range. 120 feet really doesn't feel like it's that far. If, if they were sent out into the world to try to find magic items, 120 foot sense magic really isn't going to help them. They're kind of just wandering around blindly. I would almost like push it out to like a mile, right? Because then you could really justify Chul's traveling far, further distances to go and find magic items, right? I like the idea of a Chul halfway across the world you know, pursuing a particular item for an Aboleth who's in another ocean, right? It swam all the way here to get weeks and weeks and weeks to get there. That, I think, is a more interesting narrative than, like, just what's nearby me. Did anyone happen to drop a plus five Holy Avenger within 120 feet of me? No. What about over here? No. What about over here, right? I think if they had more of, like, a homing sense, almost like a revenant towards, like, the most powerful magic item in the region, that could make them an interesting bad guy because they could move straight towards it, right? They might have to crawl up on land or go after it in some weird way. And I think that could be neat. So I would just push the range out a little bit. Maybe not revenant style, but I like the idea of they they know the direction of the nearest magic item or all right, of great power or whatever. And then lastly, I would say the lore is a little bit limiting, like I mentioned. You, you need that Aboleth connection, and I feel like it kind of asks you to make giant Aboleth empires baked into your setting. My personal setting doesn't have that, so I, I don't quite know exactly where I would put Chules in my kind of personal cosmology, and I think that's a bit of a problem. I really like the lore. I think it's good, but it requires you to say, okay, well, the Aboleths must have existed, and they must have had an empire, and they must have been seeking people, and they must have been seeking magic items, and now the Aboleths aren't around anymore, but the Chules still are, and they're going around, and it's kind of a lot of baggage for a single monster. So I know I said I like the lore. I do. I really think it's cool. I like what that says about about the Chul, but it can be a little limiting in the way that it's implemented. If there's some way to make it a little bit more general, that could be interesting too. So let's maybe talk about how we would improve the Chul. Definitely the first thing I would say is find some other iteration for the tentacles. I mean, I think the visual and the concept of grab and then transfer is pretty neat, but I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not wowed by the paralysis. But again, I'm not sh quite sure what that solution is. 
One thing we could try was my second idea, which is to kind of improve their Aboleth connection and give them a little bit more of a psionic bend. Like they toy with this in fourth edition, right? But that notion of the like psychic pulse, that it shoots out this pulse maybe in 120 feet and it draws in sentient creatures towards it, right? If the Aboleth is seeking sentient sort of servitors, that I like the idea that Shul can almost like summon them in, right? I mean, maybe you extend that. Maybe that's the tentacles is you say that it has this psychic pulse that charms you and brings you closer, almost like a harpy song. And then once you get in, it grabs you with the tentacles, right? And the tentacles charm you. So it's almost like a dream state rather than it being paralysis necessarily. So while you're charmed, you're willingly grabbed and you want to go and meet the Aboleth, right? Your, your mind is filled with beautiful visions of the things the Aboleth will give you if you come and meet it, right? Something like that. A little bit more psychedelic and far realmsy than just, oh, I'm paralyzed. Where am I going, right? The idea that once the Chul gets its tentacles on you, you want to go with it is extra spooky and feels a lot more Lovecraftian. My last one's kind of a lore thing, actually. It would be cool to have, like, a table or a suggestion of, like, this is the kind of treasure hoard you might be able to find. Like, whenever you slay an Aboleth, you know, there's a chance that it's carrying a magic item with it because it's bringing it back to wherever it's going, right? Like, something like that to make it, like, hey, here's a reason to go fight this creature. It's got a magic sword all wrapped up in its tentacles, Right. Something like that could be cool, too, because it it's, gives you little story points. We did something similar with the gelatinous cube where we wrote, hey, here are 10 things you might find inside a gelatinous cube that you defeat. Right. You know, here's the head of a clay golem and here's a, a scroll case with a treasure map inside of it. That kind of a thing. I think something similar could be cool with the jewel. Like whenever you defeat one, there is a chance that it already had some cool magic item on it that it was bringing back to its lair. Great, and that is our episode on the Chul. It's a bit of a quicker episode. It's a bit of a simpler monster, but I do think that there's a lot here that could make for an interesting encounter or even help flesh out your world building. We will be back next week with a um, a monster that I have some feelings about, and you'll hear all about it. We are talking about the Cloaker next week, so brace for grumpy ranting, uh, but that'll be next time. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to stay Chul, and happy adventure. Monster of the Week is a ProDM production. You can follow us on Twitter at ProDMTimothy. If you like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Even $1 a month gets you access to the redesigned monsters that we discuss here on the show. You can find us at patreon.com slash ProDM. You can catch those monster redesigned streams Thursdays at 2 p.m. PST on our YouTube channel. The music used in this episode was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, used under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike Creative Commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.